listen to me. Let's do that hockey. Welcome, everyone, to Dabur Prospects Report. This is report number 27. I'm Victor Nuno, one of the co-hosts, and here with me, as always, is Peter Harling. How you doing, Pete? Doing awesome, Victor. It is Thanksgiving weekend up here in the Great White North, north of the 49th. We celebrated a little early, and it was a nice long weekend. Turkey dinner, lots of desserts, and I went to a hockey game since the last time we talked. Frontenac season started. And the NHL season kicks off as we speak. There are live regular season games happening as we record. What could be better, buddy? Well, that's that's something to be thankful for, for sure. And definitely excited to have that. And also excited to have Evan on for this episode. How are you doing, Evan? I'm doing awesome, guys. Now that hockey's back, the Connor Bedard show starts in an hour. Who can't be excited right now? This is the best time of year. Let's get it on. <laughs> Did y'all remember to set your rosters this morning? Oh, yes. I said all <laughs> 23 of them this morning. Yes, it's it's exciting. And what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about the DPR listener dynasty leagues that we started. That's that's going to be the discussion. And we're not going to go through everything about the league and all the different players, but we're going to try and talk a little bit about who maybe got value in the pro part of the draft or in the minors part of the draft or who maybe reached a little bit on one or the other and kind of give our thoughts just on these players in general. We're each in three different leagues. So we have some data and shout out to our, one of our contestants or listeners, participants, Jay Roma and Yarno, both of whom kind of took the data and analyzed it in different ways to give us an idea of like what we're looking at, who like maybe pick someone way higher or lower than their ADP across the three leagues. I mean, it's not like a huge sample size is three leagues, but it gives you an idea, at least if somebody went way higher or lower. So that's kind of the idea of what we're going to be doing. We'll kind of go through each league and talk about that. Before we get started, we want to remind you that the Dover Prospects Report is a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, and we're excited to be part of the Army of Fantastic Hockey Podcasts. Check out at HockeyPodNet for all the shows like this one, talking hockey from fantasy to team coverage to you name it. You can also use the DraftKings promo code THPN for listening to the show. More on that in a bit. And the DPR show is proudly sponsored by Fantrax. Fantrax is the ultimate league manager for any dynasty sport you play. It's completely customizable for however you want to set up your league, from scoring categories to amazing draft room to host the draft, to draft pick treasure trade and treasury option. Much, much more. Use the promo code to sign up for a free league using Fantrax.com forward slash DPR show. And I will just add that I recently did a draft for one of my beer league buddies leagues and they used Yahoo, much to my chagrin. And then everybody's trying to figure out how to get the money sorted out because they don't have a treasure option. It's quite annoying. (laughs) So it's nice to have that with Fantrax. All right. Without further ado, we're going to start talking about leagues and we'll start with mine. And so talk about some of the value picks maybe. And This first one is a goalie, and Carter Hart is the first guy I will talk about, and that was the Gretzky Tucks took him at pro pick 155, and the average across three leagues was 98. So that was pretty good value for Hart. You know, obviously, Philly is going to be kind of poor, we all think, this season. And, of course, Hart also is part of that Hockey Canada investigation, and some people are speculating that he's going to be suspended or, you know, who knows what. But that has happened yet. And so 
he is a volume starter and and this is a this is a points a categories league so you could get a little bit punished for some of those you know save percentage but you're still going to get some volume and, and that can have value so i don't know i kind of I like this. I wasn't targeting Hart by any means, but it's someone you could get pretty late who's going to play, right? What did you guys think of this one? Well, I actually have Carter Hart on my pro reaches categories. I think the guy I picked, they picked him 47th overall by the, by the Mighty Ducks. And his ADP, as Victor said, was 98th, and he went as late as 155 and 93rd, so like double to triple earlier in my league. So that brought the ADP way down or way up, whichever way you want to spin it. But I, I think it was far too soon for, for my league. I think Victor's right. He probably got good value picking him where he got him in, in the, in the Victor league at 155th. But I think the ADP makes it look maybe better because it was so low in, in my league. The next value guy to talk about is Jacob Truba, who in my league when as late when 140th overall with the ADP of 91. So almost 50 spots later. And, you know, I, a lot of the defensemen went earlier who have special teams, but in this league, you get, you got goals, assists, shots, special teams, points, hits, blocks, takeaway, giveaway and faceoff wins. So obviously not relevant for the faceoff wins, but Truba covers a lot of those categories. Even if he's not getting special teams points, he's getting massive category coverage. You know, maybe you're sacrificing a little bit with the STPs, but, you know, you can make that up with your forwards or potentially some other defensemen, depending on when you when you took him. So I, I personally think that was quite, quite a good value. I forgot to mention who took him. That was Hap Day, who got, I think, pretty good value on Truba. What did you, what do you think about that, Pete? Yeah, I agree. He was a player who I was targeting for my defense, but I was uh, a little slow to pick D. I was putting more of an emphasis on forwards. My strategy was not to count so much on offensive stats from the defense, and then I was looking for them to fill out my hits and blocks categories. Points were sort of a bonus. The way hits and blocks were kind of a bonus with forwards. So that's kind of the way I, I went into it. I tried to get players that cover all of them, he said. And Truba certainly checks a lot of the scoring boxes. So he went before I got a chance to get him, but I think it's a great pick, and that's probably pretty good value where he got. Well, for all our listeners, too, the inside joke with me and Victor is that, that Pete hates demon. He, <laughs> he hates defensemen, so that's why he waited. Truba went 60 in ours, so someone there must have really liked him. That's a little low for me, but at the same time, he does fill out, fill out some pretty good categories as far as hits and blocks and... You know, he's a beast, so I can see that. Yeah, I feel like at 60, I would want a defenseman. Well, I might prefer a forward, even even as, as we're giving Pete a hard time. But, you know, if you're going to take a defenseman that early, I, I probably would have favored somebody who also, you know, was pretty guaranteed to run a power play. But, yeah, it's still, I don't think you're going to be too upset with Truba because in terms of Bash, he just, he always is going to have you covered and he can, he can practically win you a couple categories. So definitely good value. And it's actually similar. So the same person, Hap Day took Darnell nurse at one fourteen. So he's got his bash pretty wrapped up there with those two guys. I mean, he's similar to Truba in terms of tons of good peripheral coverage. And he was also for a while, they're getting some, some power play time. Doubtful that'll continue just because of Bouchard, but you know, it was kind of him and Barry and, and Bouchard. So he might, still get some 
a little bit of power play time, especially if there's an injury. But you ha- you got to love that Nurse is playing on a very offensively talented Edmonton Oilers team, so he might get tons of points just from osmosis there. And the ADP for Nurse was 88, so you got pretty good value there uh, at 114. What did you think about that, Evan? He went, I believe he went 80 in my league. And again, yeah, he's, uh, it looks like you said it was the same person. So it looks like they have a, they have an agenda and they, they want to bash, <laughs> you know, they, they like him tough. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have, I have no issue with the Darnell Nurse in this kind of uh, category league. You know, it, it's hopefully he gets that power play time that you just talked about. You know, I don't, I'm not going to get you a ton of points, I don't think. But eh, I mean, he went 71 in Pete's league. So, Pete, what, what happened there? Well, I didn't take him. But uh, I don't have as much problem with Nurse because we didn't have salary cap in this pool. If you throw in the salary cap factor, I think it would diminish his value, draw him down a little bit, and he would have been picked a lot lower. But without the cap to worry about, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a decent pick. I think Evan's right. I think his offensive stats are going to go to Evan Bouchard on the first power play unit. He'll get a lot of peripheral, secondary assists. Just I just pass the puck to McDavid or Drysaddle, and you're good. Um, but yeah, his batch is is upper upper level. So a good pick. I like it. Yeah, I definitely agree that the offense might not stick, but you know, if you get one of these good bash guys on a team that has a lot of offense, then you know you don't have to do much to get a few assists here and there. So that's always nice to to be able to potentially get a little bit of those types of points too but that's not necessarily why you draft him the next so those are the the pro values that that i picked out and we're all going to go over some of our own but the next guy i want to highlight is the minor value and this is based on kind of you know just looking at the minor picks and of course with the minor pick strategy it kind of depends on if you're going for it or if you're you know kind of playing the long game so some of these prospects might be you know, obviously you might be picking guys that might be a year or two, three down the road, but they'll be excellent like Mitch got, right? I mean, we know he's not going to come over for a few years, but he probably would go high. Some teams like mine wanted players who are minors eligible and performing right away if you're in a win now mode. So that was part of the genesis behind my team taking the Nick Litstroms, as they're called. We all picked our team names based on Stanley Cup champs, the victors. And so that's why I picked Nick Lidstrom. We should be happy about that, Evan. I picked picked one of your guys, one of your Red Wings. <laughs> so anyways, that was the team name. And I picked Tommy Novak at 561. And just for reference, the first Miners pick was 487. So you're talking about basically the 90th or so, or yeah, right around the 80th, 90th pick. So that was with an ADP of 531. So I got about a 30 pick value on Novak and he's obviously he's actually playing right now as we speak as we're recording but he's playing and should get pretty decent minutes for the Nashville Predators all you know as early as he was already getting it this last season so he should continue to get it this season and he was a bit of a surprise you know in terms of what he did last season 69 point pace 43 points in 51 games and that was with under 15 minutes time on ice so if with a bunch of the departures if he can increase that he could be in for a pretty decent season. Now, of course, he did shoot 18%, so maybe some of that regresses. But I don't know. What did you? What do you think about Novak there, Pete? Well, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was picked 500 and 
wherever. So if you get any kind of value out of them in that range, you're happy. He's a Nashville guy, right? So I don't have a lot of love for, for Nashville. I'm not sure what their offensive output is going to be this season. I don't think he's got a lot of peripheral value to him either. I'm not sure that his bash is, is really moves the needle, but he's minor eligible. So that's great. And you know, you get a guy that you can you can kind of stash and you can move him around. It gives you some roster flexibility and, and some options. You can use him as a streamer kind of thing. So so yeah. Oh yeah, it's a good pick. Yeah, and just to clarify, he was seventy fourth in the minor picks. So Oh okay. Was, that was five six we did we did the draft combined as we talked about on our fan tracks episode. So you can do both pro and prospects all in one. So anyways, he was 74th taken, but that was about 30, that was 30 picks later than the ADP. So he was going 44th on average. What about you, Evan? What do you think about that? Yeah, he went, he went the earliest far in my league, 507. I don't know what that comes out to because I, told, I was told there would be no math today, uh, especially with these picks. You know, I, I agree with Pete. You're not going to get the peripherals. He, you know, I, I wonder about this guy. He's 26 years old, a, a late bloomer. I, I know he got really hot towards the end of last season. And he did get drafted in my other league, my yearly league, on the late rounds. I think it's good value out there. I mean, at, at, when you're picking that far down, or I, I think it's a, it's a good value to see what he, what he can bring with the Predators. Like, also, like Pete, I'm not a huge Predators fan. I just don't see guys there that put up a lot of points besides, you know, Forsberg and what who else is who else are you getting points from on that team so but, uh, yeah I mean I'm okay with it it's you know it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna make or break your team yeah so he went 54th overall in your league that, that's what your ADP works out to so yeah no I mean I, I agree that the the thing though is that there's always this tax on sort of bad teams and so you know there's always going to be some points and if this guy is going to get points on even if Nashville's bad, then it's still still going to be good. So I always kind of look at that. So a lot of times people want to just get all the players on good teams. And, you know, that can be a good strategy. But sometimes there's value in other situations. Let's talk about some of the pro reaches. And, you know, again, not to call anybody out, but just kind of point out that some of these may, may have been reaches based on where they went in the other leagues. And the first one is Bo Horvat. Sid's kids picked him at 44th overall with an ADP of 72. Now, again, there are face-off wins in this league, so Horvat is good for that. And, you know, he was great, obviously, in Vancouver the last couple of years, and he's always great for face-offs, but he increased his goals by a ton. I'm not sure how much that's going to continue on Long Island, and I'm sure that that's part of why his ADP was maybe a little bit lower amongst everybody else, but that's a ADP... Uh, Picking him at 44 with an ADP of 72 was was maybe a little bit rich. What do you think about that, Evan? He, yeah, he went he went 70 in my league, and even later in uh, Pete's. I'm not a Horvat guy, just first and foremost because of the, the move to Long Island. I mean, if there's a there's not a more boring team to watch in hockey than the New York Islanders, so I I, I can see his scoring uh, starting to regress. But you know, like you said, faceoffs, and I guess he can. He he's probably going to be their top scorer. I mean, outside of Barzell and maybe Brock Nelson, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay with that, but I, I might have waited a little later for him. Pete, what about you? Yeah, the Islanders are such a boring team. I almost fell asleep while we're talking about them. He's a 30-30 guy. He'll get you some good face-off wins. I'll give you that. His peripherals aren't great either. I mean, they're okay, but he's not fantastic. So 
he's not a person that I had really even targeted. So to draft him earlier than the ADP goes against my draft strategy, but I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something there. Yeah, I mean his his bash isn't elite or anything, but he's he's actually pretty decent for blocks. He had fifty five and eighty games, seventy nine games, and he's he's under a hit per game, so he's not he's he's well he's below average, but for a high for a relatively high score, he's not terrible. But yeah, he, the the Islanders are a little bit tough, and we'll we'll see if they can be less boring. Unfortunately, well, his scoring really regressed once he went to the Islanders. You know, he only had seven goals in thirty games after that trade. So, yeah, yeah. I know when we talked to Stephen Rosner about the about the Islanders from our team preview at Fantasy Hockey Life, he was talking about how they they kind of did he and Barzell did click a little bit towards the very end, and in preseason they've had more time to kind of get to know each other and work, and it seems like they've been looking really good. So maybe there's Maybe there's something there. I mean, if he if he and Barzal can make magic, that that's about all that you can hope for on the island because there's not much else there. So maybe that could be really good. Then, and unfortunately, we're going to stay on the island and we're going to talk about Noah Dobson because he's the next one. The Gretzky Tucks, who had one of the the better values in Carter Hart, potentially reached a little bit with Noah Dobson. They took him at 47th with an ADP of 73, and you know Dobson had. Back to back, fifty-two point pay seasons, and he's not amazing for peripherals, but he's pretty good for blocks and decent for hits. And he's been upping his power play points the last couple seasons. And there's potential that you know, however many power play points they get, he's he's probably going to be in on them. So if he can get around twenty, then you know it's not amazing, but it's still pretty good. He is a top power play defenseman in the NHL, and there are only you know thirty-two of them or so. Some share. And he's he's by 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 far the the chosen one I would say there like no one's really coming for his spot I wouldn't say so you got that going for you but I don't know maybe not much else <laughs> what do you think about Dobson Pete Well I really like him as a player it's unfortunate that he's on the Islanders and he should be the the number one and get the power play time and and all that I'd like him a lot more if he played anywhere else I, so you know he wasn't in his hits his blocks are good but his hits aren't aren't great so there are other defensemen that I would take before him. And so, you know, to reach on him before his, his ADP, I can't say that I can get behind that, but he is 23, I think, 23 years old. So he's young. He's got a lot of upside. So who knows where he could, he could go, right? Like he's, he's trending in the right direction. So he's got that, going. but I don't think he's minor eligible anymore. I think he's outplayed his, his minor eligibility in our league. So, so he's a, he's a full on roster player. So, yeah, yeah, good I player. Agree. What about you, Evan? I gotta agree with you there. I, I like the player. I, I love him in NHL 24, but the, the video game. But as far as as a fantasy perspective, I just you know again we're we're right back to where we started with the Islanders. It's just it's a painful. They're a painful team to watch. Um, and you know while I, he's the number one power play quarterback, and you know he is a good player, but you know in in my league he went 105. So somebody I I think got at least got good value there for him. Probably as a number two D D man. Yeah, I mean, I it's funny. I bet if you if you didn't look up the numbers and you're wondering what the point pace was for the top power play guy in Long Island, I'm not sure you would have uh, realized that it was actually a pretty decent season. So even though overall the offense is depressed, there's still something there, right? So and and as you said, Pete, they're young, although their prospect pool is terrible. So I don't know that there's much much uh, light at the end of the tunnel for even a young buck like himself. But we'll see. Let's move on to the next guy, Red Lions. 
picked Clayton Keller 25th overall, and his ADP was almost double. So he must have increased that by quite a bit. It was 49. So he took him pretty early. That's that's must have been what, like a third round pick or something. So yeah, that was pretty early for Keller, who obviously, I mean, he's 25. He's young-ish. He's, you know, basically flirting with a point per game the last couple seasons. He went over it last season. Arizona maybe is looking better. I mean, seems like we always say that, but at least he has shown that he can be productive kind of regardless of the situation there. He doesn't really offer a whole lot in the other categories. He doesn't really take many face-offs. He doesn't really hit or block, and he shoots like a decent amount, not like a ton. So basically getting him just for his scoring, and it's not like he had a ton of power play points. He only had 20. So I don't know, Evan. What do you you think about this one? I wouldn't have been my pick that early. No, I, I do like Clayton Keller, though. I do like Clayton Keller, the player. And obviously last year we kind of saw it, what, what I think is kind of his breakout year. You know, and Arizona does have some young talent coming. You know, you, you're putting in there Logan Cooley. I like Barrett Hayton, uh, Michelli. They got some, you know, been a while for Phoenix. But, you know, I think some good things are there on the horizon. But I think 26 is a little too early for me, especially when there's there's a lot of bigger names on the board right there. Again, that could be a that could be a homer pick. So. You never know. Pete? Did we know that Logan Cooley was playing in Arizona when we did the draft then? Because I think that's an important piece so. of information. Yeah, I don't think so we he, knew that. Well, that's going to work out well for him that, that that's happening. Uh, but not knowing that, 25 is way too early. Like, two, three rounds too early for me. He's a good player. He's, he's young. He's got lots of upside. But in a league that you count peripherals, he just he's he's offense only. I like his dual positional eligibility. You can switch him to left wing and right wing, so you get some roster flexibility with that, especially with how thin the the right wing is in, in the NHL right now. So so give him a little bit of a boost of value there. And I think Arizona's trending in the right direction, although I've thought that before and been been wrong many times. So we'll see. Not a pick I would have made. Yeah, me neither. All right, I'm gonna do the next two as a group because both of these came from the sad club captain. And they're both defensemen. One of them is John Carlson, and the other is Zach Wierenski. So it looks like he went DD. And obviously, these guys are a bit different. Wierenski was injured, and you know, but he's still young. He's 26. He didn't really play much last season. Although, you know, we know that he can be really productive. Even when Columbus was not so great, he was basically a 50 plus point guy. And then he's coming back into this environment that's looking pretty good in Columbus. And then Carlson, I mean, he's a lot older. He's 33. He had that horrible face injury, head injury. But he's always, you know, really strong, even if Washington looks kind of bad. So it seems like kind of guys going in an opposite direction. And both of these by the ADP look like reaches by about 25 spots. So Carlson was taken 64. The ADP was 88. And Wierenski was 45. And the ADP was 69. So both of these might have been like reaches, but you're getting kind of a younger and an older power play quarterback, both of whom should have a decent number of points. Carlson, definitely better with the, all the peripheral coverage than Morensky, though. So there's that difference as well. But Evan, what do you think of these two? Carlson's trending in the wrong direction for me, especially since he missed most of what he missed 40 games last year, 42 games last year think Washington Capitals is a team that's going to be uh, it's going to be in trouble in a few years. I think the only thing they got left right now is hanging on to watch Ovi break Gretzky's record, but I that's 
a little too early for me. I, I got I to gotta think there's better defensemen on the board than John Carlson at that point. What do you think, Pete? Kind of the same. Uh, like Between the two of them, I think Wierenski's way more appealing. He didn't basically play at all last season, so I think if he had played, he would have been picked a little higher than he was. There's some, you want to call it recency bias, but it's easy to forget when you look at last year's stats and he's just not on the page at all. And Carlson, yeah, everything about Washington trending in the wrong direction, including Carlson. So, Rowinski for sure between those two for me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, if if you're if you're getting Carlson at value, I wouldn't mind. Like, if you're getting him much later, like you know, closer to a hundred, if you're in a win now mode. But you know, certainly if you want the younger guy, it makes sense. That Columbus team is looking like it could be really good. So. Excited about that. Let's talk about the next one. I have two more. One is Kevin Fiala. Iserplan took him at 55. The ADP was 77. I mean, Fiala's great. He's, you know, back-to-back 80-plus point season. He has okay. I mean, he does a little bit with hits, not much with blocks, and he shoots a, a really good amount and gets a lot of power play points. The only thing I really don't like about Fiala is it. I mean, he basically ends up being kind of more middle sixer with top power play because of the deployment that they have in LA, even though he should be like a top line kind of guy. But overall, I mean, I like him, but maybe that was a little bit early, maybe about 20 spots early. Pete, would you take Fiala there? I'd think about it. I could probably find players that I'd like better, but you know, he's, he's a solid point producer. And I'm just looking at how he does peripheral wise. And it's not overly impressive, but he's got dual positional wing eligibility and i mentioned how i like that flexibility good for streaming guys up and down you can move around your roster so it's not a terrible pick maybe not one that i would have made but not terrible yeah again he's 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 not going to give you much in peripherals but i I think he is an interesting play there as it looks like he's going to be on that second line with pierre-luc dubois at his center so i think he has some upside i'm not sure that i would i want him at the at 55 i think his ADP is a little closer to where I'm at. He in our league, he went 84. So I'm probably a little happy with that. With dude, where's Makar took him there? Yeah, I like the player again. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't have taken him that early, but I understand it. The last one that was potentially a reach we're going to talk about is high and wide took Mark Shifley. Potentially 22 spots earlier. That was his ADP was 70. He took it at 70. His ADP was 92. So 22 spots earlier. And this was before we found out that he was extended and staying in Winnipeg. When we were drafting, there was a lot of discussion about him potentially, you know, wanting to leave, getting, you know, going out of town and maybe going somewhere else. And so, you know, you thought that maybe you could get some value there. Maybe people would be nervous about you know, his potential that picked him. But the other thing about Shifley, the reason why he's never a target for me is that while he's pretty good for points, I mean, he had a bit of a down season last season with 69 point pace. He had been over a point per game basically the last five seasons before that or, or pace anyways, but he just really doesn't do much in terms of peripherals. And even though he's like a, a top line center, he doesn't, he's okay for faceoffs, not amazing. So he's, he's like a decent faceoff guy. And then some of the peripheral coverage is just kind of okay as well. So he he's not like you're, he's not going to fill all the categories. He's going to do pretty well in all of them. So that's one reason why I tend not to favor Shifley. But I don't know. What do you think, Evan, about this one? 
again, I like Stifley the player, but I, I don't like uh, his age. He is getting up. He is getting up there, and it's interesting to see him sign that long-term deal. But teams like Winnipeg, that's what they have to do to get to get players to stay. You know, it's hard. Players don't want to. It's hard for get players to want to stay in in Winnipeg. You know, he did put up 42 goals last year, but outside of that, as you already said, like you're not going to get much peripherals out of him. And for me, I don't feel like Winnipeg is a team that is trending in the right direction. You know, he went, I think, he, I believe he went one, about 104 in our league, or in my league. Yeah, he went at 104. I think I'd like him there better, maybe even a little lower. But in a dynasty league, he's not a guy that I'd, I'd be targeting. I like Shifley. This is too soon. And I would have liked it a lot more if he did get his trade wish granted and he moved on to another team. I'd like him better in, like, say, Imagine he went to Columbus. Uh, I think his trade or his value would have would have increased significantly there. Didn't happen though, so maybe that was the play with with high and wide that they were hoping that he would go to a team that would increase his value and then they'd get sleeper value out of him. All right, so let's let's switch leagues. Let's change gears and let's move into the Pete League. And I got a couple guys I want to talk pro value with to start. And right out of the gate, I'm going to go with Evander Kane. The Hamilton Tiger Cats selected him with pick 135. His ADP was 94, so that's a plus 41 compared to his ADP. He was selected 89th in Victor's League and 58th in Evans' League. So a lot, a lot earlier. He's not played over 43 games in the last two years, so there's some injury risk. But if he can stay healthy and or stay out of trouble, stay out of the suspension box or whatever. He could be really, really great value. I mean, center options are Dreisaitl or, or McDavid. He could be a power play one guy there as well. So you put 80, 82 or something like that games under his belt this season. That could be really great. He definitely gives you the peripheral stats too. Pretty much everything but faceoff wins. What's your take on, on EK, Evan? So... Evander Kane falls in the Brad Marchand boat for me. I just can't draft that guy. I mean, it, coming off that, that was a gruesome injury last year that he suffered with the uh, with the wrist. You know, I it, it's not denying he's a good player. I mean, th- this guy's, you know, he's been around the league already, and teams still seem to pick him up because he is a factor. I, I, I like the I like his game. I just don't like the person. So I, I'm not someone who's going to draft that guy. Peripherals, you know, he he over averages about you know a hit one point three hits a game, but he had twenty eight points in forty one games last year, which you know equals out to a, you know where he was drafted. I think it's okay, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I I try not to worry about that with with players, although I I do definitely have some that I would rather not, but I I do roster you know, Tom Wilson and Evander Kane in, in different leagues, just, you know, because I try not to get too sucked into that. But I, I don't like him for another reason. And that is that despite what you were saying, Pete, he, he actually doesn't really do power play points. So that's the big downside for me. He gets some faceoffs here and there, but he's never really been a power play guy. And I know that there's talk of maybe he'll be this year and, and maybe, but he really hasn't ever been really there was only one season in san jose where he had 18 power play points and that was partly because you know they had the big contract and i think they were trying to use him there but he's he's not a really accurate shooter he's a volume shooter which is great for fantasy you love all those shots but 
he's not really very accurate and he shoots from anywhere crazy bad angles and so that's a bit frustrating and not what you want on the power play and you think like he's tough we'll put him in front of the net but he's really not good at tipping puck i've watched him practice that and like miss i don't know eight out of ten of them <laughs> which is like probably what most of us would do but you want someone there who can do better at that and so i just don't think that he's going to get the power play time so yes the even strength production is great and i don't discount that he would be valuable but he's he i would i would wait a little bit as it went closer to you know closer to 90 closer to 100 i would have thought about him there in in my league but yeah that's pretty great value at 135 58 wow that's crazy high (laughs) yeah if his name were jerome mcginla i think he would have been picked a lot higher okay the next player i want to talk about is pavel zaka he was a plus 27 picked at 173 by the hartford whalers and in my league and his ADP overall between all three was 146 and he went as low as 116 in Victor's league and 148 in Evans league and Hartford Whalers picked him up at 173 so a little bit later there I like this pick because you know you've got Bergeron and Krejci out of the way now he was going to play with either Marchand Pasternak or both and his really, really only competition for first line center is Charlie Coyle, and I don't really, I'm, I wouldn't be too worried about that if I were, if I had Zaka rostered on my team. So I like this pick a lot, and I don't know if Bo- I know Boston's going to regress. Of course they're going to regress. They had like a season of the ages last year, so no matter what, they're going to likely have some regression. Losing those two centers is certainly going to hurt, but I don't think they're going to come crashing down to earth in like catastrophic failure levels so you know i think he's still on a good team he's got great wingers i like him i think he's a good good player and a good pick value here what do you think victor yeah i agree i i wrote about him at ep ringside for the atlantic division and i i agree that he's good value especially if you're getting him here i wouldn't reach for him though some people were reaching for zaka thinking you know he's going to be a point per game player which you know he might be, but I wouldn't draft him as such. I would draft him, you know, at like here, waiting quite a bit, you know, maybe in that 70, 65, 70 point range, which remember he has never done or really come anywhere close to doing. So we're, this is all based on potential and opportunity, which is totally there for him as, as you laid out. I don't, I don't think any of the other options are anywhere close to, to what he can do. And so yeah, they don't have the cap space or the assets to go out and take anyone else. So it's going to be Zaka. I like it. It is, I think, a bit of a short-term play because I don't know how long he's going to have this opportunity. Like maybe they'll make a move in the offseason and try to get a 1C, a true 1C in there. So, you know, this could go away. He could turn into, he could turn into, you know, what is a Cinderella, you know, turn into a pumpkin at any moment. And then he's no longer valuable, which is part of the reason I didn't really target him. But I did end up with him in a couple of best balls and redrafts because, you know, it was getting down to the end. It's like, well, if he's there, I'm absolutely going to take him. So I love it for the value, for sure. What about you, Evan? Yeah, I definitely like that value there. And especially with, you know, as we've already talked about with those two uh, those two icons, Boston icons gone now. Uh, I definitely think he'll get more of an opportunity. And you got to remember, it's, it feels like this guy's been around forever, but he, he's only 26 years old. I I. I I like that pick at, at 173. Went 148 in mine to Austin Stashes. It's a good pick. I'm, I'm with it. All right. So the, the third guy I have on my pro value list is Aiden Hill. Making Whoopi, great team name. Thank you very much. Picked him at 
36 overall, which is a plus 62 to his ADP of 174. He went 133 in Evans League, way too soon, and 153 in Victor's League. So this is a guy, he's a starting goalie for the defending cup champions. He should see a lot more starts this year than he did last as the incumbent starting goalie. And he's got that golden ticket. I just won the Stanley Cup pedigree tucked neatly in his back pocket. He also has the contract status to back it up with two more years at I think it's foreign change or something in that neighborhood. I don't really see too much threatening competition for, for him as the starting goalie. It's his job to lose. And Vegas is going to win a lot. So I think this is a really, really great pick. What do you say, Evan? Yeah, at 2.36, I think it's an excellent pick. I just, I still worry about, you know, it, it, I think there's, you know, there's going to be more of a timeshare, especially with all the goalies that Vegas went through last year. And, you know, Logan Thompson is, is not someone I don't think you can give up on just yet. But again, you want you to stay in the cup. So he went to almost, what, 100 picks earlier in my league. So, yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just great value at 2.36. I, I'd love him as, like, maybe a number two goalie. Well, he'd probably be a one once you guys see my goalies, but we'll get to that later. No big deal. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm, well, you've all know how I draft goalies, so I would, I wait, and this is about the range I would consider, but I also just am really nervous about Hill. I don't disagree with anything you said, Pete. I, I totally agree with the opportunity, the value. He's proven himself, but we also know that Vegas just, you know, will carousel until they find whoever. And so if he starts to struggle, which I still refuse to believe that he's a good goalie, because you look at the body of work and it, it's just not great, but the team in front of him is fantastic. So he can make the saves when he needs to. And all he has to do is be decent and, you know, he can continue to provide value. So I would just be a little nervous. Like I would hope this team has, you know, some other decent starters, but it's also hard to argue this late that it's, that it's not worth it because it totally is. Yeah, he might not be an all-star goalie, and this situation he's currently in might not be sustainable, but he did ninth, so that's good. Light the lamp with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So let's talk about the other, let's let the pendulum swing and talk about some pro reaches. The first guy I've got coming up is Jacob Chikrin, who was picked 57th overall by the Quebec Nordiques. And his ADP was 86. And he went 94th in Evans and 106th in Victor's. So twice as, twice as early in my league. So Chikrin's a great defenseman. He's good. He gives you offense. He gives you some peripherals and whatnot. My concern with this player is that with the Senators, they've got they got options on D with Shabbat and Sanderson specifically. And there's not enough power play one time to go around between the three of them. I really feel like they're probably going to go with with four and one on the power play on both both units means one of these guys isn't going to have a chair to sit in when when the power play music kicks in. So I'm not saying Chikrin's going to be the odd man out. It'll probably be a rotating situation. There's injuries and hot streaks and cold streaks to take into consideration. But given that dynamic, I think I would have rather have gone with a player who I felt a little bit more assured in. 
What's your take on the on the chicken pick there, Victor? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know that I would have done it. Certainly not that early, like in the hundred range, definitely, because he he always has been pretty decent for peripherals as Chikrin. But I think, yeah, the the concern is is the power play and they got, you know, young stud coming and they got Shabbat there already good. If if you look at what they've been doing in, in preseason, we don't have a regular season game yet, but they were they were putting both Chikrin and Sanderson on the same unit, which was kind of the second unit, and then letting Shabbat run the first one. But they might just rotate these guys through the top unit and so they might get some power play time, but they're not gonna get a ton. So you're I, I would just I was treating Chikrin as, you know, a solid perifs guy with maybe not too much scoring potential and so that's why i definitely would have waited well beyond this range to draft him closer to the 100 plus is where i would would have considered him what about you evan i like the player i wish there was uh i wish there was video of me when you could have seen the the red wings take dennis dennis Chalowski over him and trading that pick to arizona you know he's had the the guy's had so many knee injuries He's, I feel like he's always one hit away from back on the shelf. And with Sanderson and Shabbat there, it's just, it's, I can't see him as, you know, a guy I want that early. But I do like the player in the peripherals. I just, not, not, not where I'm going at 57. Yeah, fair enough. So the next guy is Carter Hart. We kind of talked about him a little bit. So I'll just gloss over him. He's picked 47th by the Ducks. His ADP was, was 98. Just my, my thought on that is he's a starting goalie. Yeah, but it is on a bad team. And I think he's going to get some pressure from Urson and Sandstrom. So you got the Team Canada thing. He's been inconsistent. So I, I just, I own him in one of my other, other leagues. I got him rostered in the Dauber Prospects Writers League. I think that's where I want to have him. But yeah, I think 47th overall is is way too soon for me on that one. So let's let's gloss over him to keep things moving and keep it fresh. Dawson Mercer is next up on my list. And I really like Dawson Mercer. So putting him on my reaches category kind of hurt. But he was picked 68th overall by the Golden Seals and his ADP is 101. He was picked 112th overall in both your leagues. So, you know, twice as soon, pretty much in my league, which, you know, that's that's a couple rounds we're talking about here too soon. And you could have got another really good player in there and still got Mercer on your second or like pick after second pick again. So I like Mercer a lot. I, you know, he's right wing eligibility. He takes some face offs as well. I think he's going to get a lot of a lot of ice time in New Jersey this season. And New Jersey is going to be a, a great team. But 68 is just too soon for me. And I like him. What do you say, Victor? Yeah, I I love Mercer as a player, and I want him on all my teams so I can just name it Lord Have Mercer because I think that's a fantastic <laughs> team name. But he's he's sometimes I think he suffers from a bit of this issue of being a little too good for his own good because you can literally put Dawson Mercer anywhere in your lineup and be happy about it as a coach, you know. So you can slot him down on the third line, let him do that. I think he's definitely talented and skilled enough to play. In the top six with, you know, he's or Hughes. And that's kind of what we've been seeing. But then he he always kind of seems like he gets moved down to the third line here and there. And then he'll get some top power play. So he just kind of gets moved around a lot, which is which is frustrating. But he he definitely has the the pedigree and is, is skilled enough to be, you know, 70 plus point player. I just worry the opportunity isn't going to be there. He hasn't had a ton of power play time. He struggles a little bit with the time on ice just because he gets kind of moved around lineup a little bit so that's one reason i would have waited i get someone maybe wanted 
or maybe thought he was going to be like for sure top line right wing. And, and that could happen. Like he could stick there and that would be great. But I think the risk of having him moved off that top six or top line w- was too much for me. Taking him at 112, like where he went in our league, I would have been, I would have been interested in that for sure. What about you, Evan? Well, I love him and I got him at 122, Pete. So there was 112 in Victor's, 122 in mine. And I do remember. I do remember text messaging you guys saying how excited I was to get him. I, I definitely love that pick for me at 122, and I believe I had that as one of my pro value picks. Uh, uh, love the player. He's young. He's on an exciting team. There's going to be a lot of points flying in and out of uh, New Jersey. Even as a second-line player, he'll get power play time. Young and talented, and that's kind of how I focus my draft, and I'm really glad that I got that value at 122. Yeah, that's that's the sweet spot right there. That's where you want him. Okay, next up, Boone goes the dynamite. Boone Jenner. It was a minus 41 pick by the Kingston Raiders. That's me in case you're keeping score at home. His ADP was one. He went 195 in Victor and 173 in Evans. So I really brought that ADP down. Obviously, I like Boone Jenner. I think he's a number one center between Line A and Goudreau or both. And he if he holds that job and stays healthy. He could post some significant stats across the board. That's a lot of ifs. A lot of things need to break right for him. He has to stay healthy, play between those guys, maintain his production. If he does all those things, Shazam, you've got yourself a, you know, a, a star player. And I think this would go from, from a reach to a great pick. But tell me why I, I picked him too soon, Evan. Oh, I mean, I do like Boone Jenner, but you just you just hit the nail on the head with the big ifs. You know, he hasn't played a full season in I want to say four to five years. But, uh, you know, that Columbus team, man, it's everyone's jumping on the bandwagon now. It's everyone's favorite team right now with Line A, Fantilli, you know, Gaudreau. Again, I think it's an up and coming team. I don't think it's a huge reach. He what he went to what one. Where did he go in mine for again? 173. 173. No, I don't think it's a huge reach, but I, again, I, I, I think he's one of those guys that it could be boomer bust, you know, especially in, in Columbus with some of those players. Boone or bust. Oh, well, there you say, go. Man. Man. See, I just gave you a free team name, man. It was right there for you. Boone or bust. Oh man, yeah, man. I, <laughs> you teed it up, man. And I, I shanked it into the woods. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is an interesting one. I mean, the way you, what you like about Boone is that there's just so, so high of a floor. I am definitely worried though, because Boone Jenner is not really a top line center or possibly even a top six center. He's a, he's like an awesome third line center, right. Or certainly could be second, but he's more of that matchup shutdown kind of like, you know, put him out there against the other team's best kind of a, kind of a guy. And he's kind of been playing a little bit more in the line, higher in the lineup maybe than he should, but He's just so good that he he probably will get out there taking faceoffs on the power play. Like he he should get some pretty good deployment. I, and at one twenty two, yes, you can call this a reach, but you know it's not like usually reaching at this stage isn't a big deal one way or the other. But yeah, I probably would have, I probably would have gone maybe with someone with a little bit more upside potentially. But yeah, I don't really hate this one at all. All right, one last reach from my draft would be Denis Gurianov as a minus 108. So the main moose picked him up at 303rd overall. His ADP was 411, so that's 100 picks later. Victor, he went 
458th in your league and Evan, he went 472 in your league. So there you go. 460 and 470, basically. That's, that's pretty realistic round. I think 303rd is way too soon. Just no matter how you slice, it's about a hundred picks or, or three rounds too soon. Is there, is there potential for there to be some sneaky value here? What do you think, Victor? I don't think so. I mean, he was just waived also right before this. I mean, we didn't know that at the time, but he was right. he was signed by Nashville. And so you're thinking, I'm sure this is what Maine Moose was thinking was, oh, Nashville, like they have openings in their in their top six and their forward group. And Gurionov, you know, at one point scored 20 goals in this league. You know, that was several years ago now, but he did do that. And so you think maybe he could provide some value but then nashville decided to to waive him and and then he cleared so they obviously didn't care too much about you know what he could offer and and certainly it seems like they're going to let some of the younger guys play and they've earned more of a spot than him so i mean it's it's not the worst risk at, at 303 but yeah i don't really have much interest in Guryanov. what about you evan we got two words somebody auto drafted that pick it was a big mistake. Garanoff doesn't do anything for me. He doesn't put up peripherals. He doesn't have any points. He doesn't play full seasons. And now he's been released. So, and he will probably be released from that team. But I do have some good information in that Novak just scored his first goal for the Predators. So you can yes. say that the Dauber prospects impact is real. We talk about you. You score goals. There you go. Moving on. All right. So my rookie values, I got about three here. We'll speed this up as we're getting getting along here. The first one I liked was Logan Stangoven. I mean, he was picked at 530th, which is pretty early in the in the rookie draft. But he's a plus 19. His ADP was 511, 499, and 503 in your guys' league, and then 530. And I just think Logan Stankhoven is like a blue chip prospect. He's great value this early in the prospect draft. You're, you're getting like a bonus round pick here, I think. Like we're not talking multiple rounds, but when you're in the first and second, third round of a prospect draft, getting a guy with a value from the round before, I think is is pretty significant. I think that pretty much sums it all up for Logan Stankhoven. Do you guys have anything you want to chip in on him? Just I to- liked him. And I'll be honest, I, I kind of forgot about him a little bit. And, you know, he's uh, arguably I'd, I'd put him in on the top 15 rookies uh, this year. He's a great player. I, I wish I could have got my hands on him, but I, unfortunately I was too focused on gobbling up all my Red Wings prospects and Ducks prospects. But Stankoven, I, I think, is going to be a great keeper. And that's that's pretty good value. Yeah, I was just going to say he was he went 43rd overall. And that was pretty good value because in the other leagues, he was going basically in the 20s. So. You like that? I didn't consider him just because we were kind of looking to win now, and I don't think that Stankoven is going to play this season. He may, but he's not a for sure thing. So if you're looking more for like right now, then maybe he's not as good, but in a year or two, you'll be happy you have him. Yeah, another long-term play would be Jonathan LeCarrie Mackey, who the Toronto Arenas got a plus 53 draft value when they selected him 657th overall to an ADP of 604. He went 588 and 568 in your guys' leagues. So that's, you know, that's a lot later. And I think that might be part of the reason why is that, you know, he's in he's in Europe, so he's not coming over anytime soon. We're talking a couple of years out with this guy. But the upside's there. And, you know, I think if your strategy is at this point the long game, I think that's a great pick. Victor? 
Yeah, I I hear you on that. And so, by the way, that works out to 170th overall. So pretty decent value for like at Amaki. And I know a lot of people right now are writing about how the revenge tour is on and how look Amaki, you know, he's a goal scorer and he hadn't been scoring the last couple of years, but early this season, he already has four goals. He had four goals and I think four games, but at this point it's four goals and eight games. But the thing about him is that he doesn't really do anything away from the puck and he doesn't, he's not a good playmaker. He doesn't really, you know, back check or do much else. And so that's always the worry with someone like him is that, is his shot like OV level? No. So if he doesn't do enough away from the puck, is he going to be able to translate that even to the AHL? I have my concerns about him. So that's why I wasn't really interested in him. But, you know, he's a goal scorer that may figure the rest of it out. And that's good value if he does. So can't argue with that too much. He's still only 19 years old. He's still got a lot. He's still got a lot to, you know, development time left. So 172 pounds. He's definitely got to add to the frame. But, you know, I, I like that pick for long-term potential, but I, I still don't think we see him for another three or four years. All right, Nikolai Kovalenko was picked 63rd overall by those Kingston Raiders again. Great, great pick. This is a franchise-defining winning pick here. That's a plus 63 draft value to an ADP of 608. So he's in the KHL. He's not going to be coming over this season, so playing the long game here. Could come over at the end of the season and be a factor at the end of the year, but I don't think that's, you know, it may be in our playoffs I could get a boost, but I'm mainly looking for next year since this is a dynasty league. And he could have top six upside. We'll see. It's, it might it might end up being a reach pick. I think I'm getting him in value considering how much later I got him versus the other leagues. Any thoughts on Nikolai Kovalenko, Evan? I mean, I, I like that pick and, you know, at 23 years old and playing for the Colorado Avalanche, I, I do expect to see him come over and put up some good points over here. I did not, I had him on my radar. Unfortunately, he was picked before I could get to him, but yeah, that's, that's someone I'd like to have long-term on my roster. So I do like that pick. Victor's laughing at me. You can't see it in the video, but he's laughing. Is he laughing with me or is he laughing at me? What do you say, Victor? Definitely at you. Although this, <laughs> this is not a pick that is, I know you were joking. It's not really franchise defining or, you know, ruining or anything like that. You're talking about your 184th overall pick. I personally, I'm very skeptical of these guys who don't do much. And then all of a sudden, you know, years later, they start, you know, producing and that's great. I mean, hopefully he can, maybe he comes over, but his production, I mean, he basically didn't do much for years and then kind of popped off towards the end. And so you always have to be a little bit skeptical of that because it's yes, it's, there are such a thing as late bloomers that does happen, but also it's much more likely that that is not what this is. And this is, he's just being propped up by the environment. So you never know. I'm personally skeptical he currently is off to an even better start this season, 13 points and 11 goals in the KHL for Torpedo, who isn't like the most stellar guy. But I think that he's probably more of like a 60-ish point guy, but certainly you put him next to McKinnon and Rontanen and, you know, anything can happen. So it's definitely worth the, the gamble. And this late, you're not going to you're not going to be too upset if he ends up just being droppable. Victor, you and I should like co-manage a team together. That's a sitcom waiting to happen because we're so contrary to all of our, our values and opinions on players. And it makes for great podcasting. We should definitely have a, a, a co-managed team where people make us trade offers and we're arguing with each other on why we like it and why we hate it. 
would that's, be that's entertaining. Such a, yeah. Perfect strangers. Yeah, right? Perfect strangers. I'm not sure anything would ever get done because we would just argue the whole time. <laughs> All right. That's a topic for another day. So here's some rookie reaches from my league's draft. We had Andrew Cristal picked by the Hartford Whalers, 512. So that's an average draft position of 544. So some minus 42 for everyone scoring at home. 573 in Victor's League, 578 in Evans League. Two rounds too soon for me is basically what it boils down to. What do you think, Victor? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That was 25th overall. So that was definitely somebody's second round pick. Which, you know, I mean, if you're looking just at high upside, I mean, even if you are just looking at high upside, I think there are better options like already there, but he's, he's going to be a wait. Maybe this was a Caps fan is maybe the only other thing I'm thinking, because I don't know. It seems like there were better options there. Although, you know, in terms of just this year, sure. Crystal was maybe around, you know, 25th or better. But when, when you're drafting with all the other options of guys available, I think there were there were some other opportunities there and yeah, going 40, you know, basically two or three rounds later in the other leagues was probably even a little early for me. I mean, cause I was mainly looking at guys that were ready sooner, but even that I would, they're going to have a long wait with Cristal. And so that's a little bit of a downside for me. Yeah. He's a pretty green banana. Yeah. yeah round two is round two is a little early in the prospect pool for me, especially when you consider a lot of the names that I'm looking at that were still on the board. I'm it, I'm agreeing with you, man. It could be a Caps fan, or it could be someone who just believed the hype too early. You know, he he did look okay in his preseason rookie debut or uh, rookie tournaments. You know, he's he is they, they some people said he's pretty. You know, he is NHL ready, and he might get to the league sooner than faster. But it's not somebody I would I would wait maybe two three more rounds on that guy in the prospect. Yeah, pool. the next. The next player is on my reach list is is a painful one for me because he was on my draft list and I was about to pick him. And that's Brock Faber. He was a minus 33, picked 526 by the main moose, and his ADP was 559. So a 567th picked in Victor's League and 584th in Evans. I'm I'm a big Brock Faber fan, so I don't see this as a reach personally, but you know, sometimes if you got a guy you want and you, you're not sure if he's gonna make it all the way through the snake draft to you if you're at one end of the draft or the other, and you got like 20 picks before it comes back to you or 30 picks before it comes back. Sometimes you just got to reach and pick your guy. And I think that might be what Maine did here. I don't really disagree with the pick, although it does make the reach list. What are you guys thoughts on this? Go Evan. I like Brock favor, the player, but that does feel like a little bit of a reach. Where did he, where did he go in my league again? You said 584, 584. So what does that equal out to Victor? Uh, Well, he went 39th overall. So minus 487. Okay. That was the 39th was where the Whalers picked him. So add 42 to that. So he was like, yeah, 81. Yeah, that looks like a looks like a fan favorite pick. That's just that's way too early for me. Oh, I was adding Crystal. Add 33 to that. Anyways, it's still. So I I agree with you, Pete. I, I absolutely love Brock Faber. If I was starting a team, I want Brock Faber on my actual team. I don't really want Brock Faber on my fantasy team because I don't think he's ever going to be as good as he is in real life and fantasy he'll play a lot but he's one of those guys that's also so good that he doesn't block a lot of shots because he's just in the right spot breaking up the play beforehand so he doesn't usually need to do those kinds of things he doesn't shoot a ton and he doesn't usually hit a bunch either because he's more concerned with breaking up the play so he's just he's too good 
to be good in fantasy, too good in real life, I think, to be good in fantasy. So, yeah, I'm not someone that I would be targeting, although he's going to play a lot. So he will accumulate those stats just because of the time on ice. So he will be not invaluable, but I just don't think you'll your excitement for on your roster will match what you see on the screen. Yeah. Another final thought on, on Faber that I like about him, that his value is, I think he's going to be a top four defenseman this year. And he's got like, I don't know, four NHL games played. So he's going to be minors eligible for pretty much the entire season. Right. So he's a player you can, you can put in the minors, you can stream him, you can use him for injury relief without having to go to the waiver wire or make a trade. So he gives you some, some roster flexibility as well. The last prospect reach on my team's uh, leagues league draft was Jack McBain minus 64 picked by the Albany River Rats at 546 versus an ADP of 610. So he was picked almost 700 in Victor's League at 691 and 600 in Evans League at 592. So there's a wide range of picks here, right? You you know, just kind of rounding them out to make the math easy. 550, 600, and 700. Probably could have waited a round or two and still picked Jack McBain. What do you think, Vic? I mean, I just have literally zero interest in McBain, frankly. (laughs) I just don't think he's going to be very good. He's someone who is, you know, he he can be a serviceable bottom six forward. And if he scores 40 points, I think that would be a massive success, you know, for him and the team because that's his role. His role is not to put up a lot of points. His role is to fill out the bottom six. So, I think if you're hoping for more, I think you're going to be disappointed personally. So no offense to Albany River Rats, but I this was this was 59th overall in the prospect pick. That's I mean, I wouldn't even be interested in him 64 picks later where he went in my league. I don't he wasn't even on our radar when he went. So I say we because Clay is my co-GM. Shout out to Clay. So anyways, yeah, not interested in all in Jack McBain, frankly. Yeah, I, I'm not either. I, I don't see that potential. You know, he, he he does like to bang around, and he is a big body at 6'3", 200 pounds, but that's not someone got, I was targeting in this draft, especially not with the, not with the center act, the situation in Arizona. So he's a, he's a, a fourth-line center, third-line t- ceiling for me. All right, Evan, tell us. Yours. All right, it's my turn. And first, I'd like to start off with a you know, shout out to Pitbull Madness for stealing all my players way too early than they should have gone with the Red Wings value. And uh, but my, you know, my goalie run for my league it, it started in the second round, and goalies started flying off the board second, early second, and and early third round as well. So again, I I ended up waiting, but I'm going to start off with one of my picks, which was one of my favorites and uh, I was Quinn Hughes. As far as value, I drafted him at 50. He had an ADP of 36. It's, I mean, I, he's gotta be one of the top defensemen as far you, you know, you're not gonna get much out of him a bash, but as far as points, power play points, the guy's a stud, you know, I, it, as long as this dynasty leagues goes, he's going to be on my team. He's, you know, he's a young kid. And who doesn't love the Hughes family? They're just awesome all about. Love the player, love the game. And he was probably one of my favorite picks in this draft at where I got him. What do you guys think? If you're picking Quinn Hughes, he's going to be one of the top 10 defensemen picked in the draft. And he wouldn't make my top 10. Just not that he's not a top 10 player, but with the peripherals that we count, 
I just had value on other guys. And as I mentioned, my draft strategy was not to focus on, on just offensive defensemen. I'm going to get my offense from my forwards. And so my, my, I was looking at more sliding on D not zero D, but just sliding on them and, and waiting a few rounds. So, so guys like Quinn Hughes and Campbell Carr, they were long gone before I considered picking a D. So not a bad pick, just not one that I would have made. I forgot I should have tossed to Victor because I know you hate Demon. I want to well, get a shirt, a Dobber Prospect shirt. You know, they sell some of these podcasts. It says, Pete Harling, I hate Demon. Hi, I'm Pete. I hate D. No, I, I actually, I think I'm going to agree with Pete here, actually, because as much as Hughes is a a scorer, he is a, he's a net negative in some of the other categories. Although I will say he did block a career high last season and he is trending up in hits. So it's possible that he's evolving, you know, that side of his game, his physicality, which people have always talked about as an issue. And I also heard rumors that he's going to start shooting more. We've heard that forever, but he has been trending up in that category too. So if he could get closer to three shots a game, I think you're going to be pretty happy with his production because he plays a ton. He's clearly the number one guy. He gets a ton of power play points. So net, net positive there for value over, you know, replacement. He's just never a target for me because I like the guys that can kind of, you know, do it all that have, you know, power play points and hits shots blocks. I mean, those, I try to get one of those if I can, doesn't always work, but that's, that's kind of more my strategy or I, or I adopt a modified Pete strategy where I try to get the guys that, you know, do a good bash. So I, and just for reference, I ended up with Hedman, Latang, Matheson and Petrie as like the, the main guys with some Alec Martinez for like peripherals. So that was how my roster ended up being constructed. See, my problem is, is I just liked him because he went to my high school. Evan Bouchard, I know we talked about him a little bit earlier. Fast and Furious got him at 53 with an average draft position of 38. How can you not like the 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 quarterback on the Edmonton Oilers power play? I think that's great value at 53, arguably probably in the top 10 defensemen. But what do you think about that, Pete? Do you think he's a top 10 guy? Not quite, but I like him, I think, more than, more than Quinn. I think he's... First power play in Edmonton, he's going to just gobble up the points there, right? So he's going to get you some some power play points, some assists, some goals, some some shots. So even though his bash isn't what I would target, he's he's going to check enough of the boxes and he's going to like double check in some of them, like emphatic check marks. So still not a pick that I would have made at, at that range, but close. We're getting We're getting close. And for context, like Victor said... My defense roster ended up looking like, and I don't remember what the draft order was, but I got Adam Larson, Colton Pareko, Alex Petrangelo, Pionk, Jake McCabe, and Scott Mayfield. So you can see clearly what my strategy on, on D was there. I think I got good value with those guys way later in the rounds, and I got more elite forwards. So I would pass on Bouchard, but I can see the appeal. Victor? This is one that I actually would have, and we were hoping to take Bouchard because I think he is he's clearly on the ascension, right? He's on his way up and he's got the opportunity. You mentioned his bash, which which isn't like amazing, but he also was playing 18 minutes a night. He's probably gonna go up three or four or five minutes. And so it's possible that his bash could even be close to elite with those power play points and scoring. Like, oh man, and he could I think he's he's someone who's gonna be in line for a huge season. And so you might have to, you had to take him, I think a little bit earlier than maybe other people would have just because 
you know, of all this excitement. And so maybe that ADP seems a little bit high. I mean, this is at 53. I think it's great value. I would have certainly considered him with one of those first few picks, but you know, we were, we were going forward, forward, forward. So that's the only reason we didn't get him. Cause we were kind of more focused on the forwards, but I actually love this one. I think it's great. Yeah. As guys get older and, and more, more veteran, they get a little bit more brave and bold with the end of the shot blocking and the, and the hitting as well. So then those stats might come along. Okay, up. Next guy up, Miguel Sergachev, Coach Pupe Shantz. That's a thing, pun towards Rupe Shantz in case anyone didn't know that one. 57 with an average draft position of 32. Big fan of Sergachev. Got him in another league. You know, he's he puts up the points and you know, he does he he blocks a lot of shots. He he blocked 149 shots last year. Love this guy uh, on Tampa Bay. What do you guys think about Sergachev at that at that spot? Great pick. It's it's really good. I I think that we're seeing the the changing of the guard. I mean, we just watched the the lightning game and there was some headman power play one, so people might get a little worried. But the reality is that Sergachev is going to get tons of opportunity there and they might split it and slash, you know, he got more last season. So you're you're kind of like you're you're picking the the rising tide here with with Sergachev. So I think it's fantastic value. And my approach in drafts this season has just been to see like not take the first one of the lightning defensemen take what if I can take whichever one's left. And so I've gotten Sergachev at pretty good value. And uh, that's what this person did. I love it. Next guy up. I'm going to skip one and I'm going to go straight to Lucas Raymond. He went 151 uh, average draft position of 113 with Pitbull madness. I like this pick a lot just because as a Red Wings fan, I've seen Raymond really showed up to camp in shape this year. And uh, you know, he's going to be on that top line with DeBrinkett and Dylan Larkin, excellent shooter. I think he's, you know, he's getting to that age. You know, he had a lot of issues last year where, you know, the, the coach had to tell him he's got to shoot the puck. You know, he can't be this this guy that just he keep, keeps looking to pass first. He's He can shoot the puck. I, I think he can put up good points with Larkin and DeBrinkett on that top line. What do you think, Pete? I like Lucas Raymond. I think he's trending in the right direction. He's on a team that's going to get better, and there's some rumors that – Patrick Kane might end up in in Detroit as well, which I don't think would hurt him. He's got dual positional eligibility as well. His peripheral stats, meh, not great, but the dual eligibility helps with that as well. I made my point on that before. So at 151, depends on your strategy. If you're in a win like right now, then there are better options. If you're playing the long game, if you're going for a little bit of mix of both, I can see the appeal here. Yeah, I, I actually also agree that I think that there are probably better options. My worry is that Raymond, as good as he is, is just kind of who he is right now, that he's closer to like a 55 to 60 point player than he is a 70 plus point player. I think the upside is there. And as you mentioned, Evan, I think playing with those talented, you know, other forwards, I, th- I think he can boost up to that potentially. But I would want someone in this range who I'm pretty confident can get 70 plus closer to point per game. Uh, and I'm just not confident that Raymond will this season or will be regularly in that range. So that, that'd be my only concern. Yeah, well, that was Pitbull Madness hogging up all my Red Wings. All right, so now let's move on to the pro reaches. We got three guys left here. We got to get Pete out because he's got a big game, a big shinny game tonight. It's very important. We got to get to it. Dylan Cousins. Now, I know, I think I mentioned to you guys while this draft was going that he did go at 26 with an ADP of 47. 
I like Dylan Cousins. I really like Dylan Cousins. I don't like him at 26, though. That is at the middle of the second round, not even. You know, the potential is there to put up a lot of points. Peripherals are okay, but is that too early for Cousins for you, Beat? Mm, 26, yeah. I mean, that's like a first-round pick, right? And I like his upside, but Victor and I were just talking about, I'm going with someone who's got you know, maybe not as much career left as, as Cousins does, but is better right now and will be just as good for many years and can help me win now. And I can turn that into a trade asset in a year or two if I want to. I He's a great player. I just think there's a lot of other players I would have picked this, this, this early. Victor? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, he kind of broke out last season. And that was that was great, but I'm a little worried about his nearly 15% shooting percentage. Some of his advanced numbers just kind of scream that he might regress. You know, his points participation was was possibly a little bit high. So I'm just not convinced that he is like a for sure 70 plus point guy. There there might be some regression. We know the the Buffalo top top line and, and and he should be on the power play, but they also got more guys coming, right? I mean, Zach Benson is like already arriving. They got Kulik, they got you know, Savoy, they got all these great players and that might push Cousins down a little bit. And so that'd be a bit of my concern as well. He's not a for sure, you know, top of the lineup kind of guy. All right. And two more left, guys. And more, I already know what Victor's going to say because there's some early goalies going here. Philip Gustafson. In my league, Stutzla's cousin took him at 62 with an ADP of 101. Victor, is that way too early? Or super way too early, or never, ever, ever, ever happened way too early. How ridiculously early is it, Victor? That that's a <laughs> fine way of, of phrasing that. It's it's way way too early. I mean, I actually really like Gustafson. I think he's emerging as the starter, and I would I've been getting him in in redrafts like in the twelve to fifteen round range, which is fantastic value. But th- this is really high, and I I would. My strategy is just wait and see who's there and, you know, deal with that as it comes because you can usually find somebody. So, yeah, that's that's my strategy. I would never, never take him this early. There's not very many goalies I would have considered picking this early. And Philip Gustafson is certainly not in that category. So I think he's going to be the starting goalie in Minnesota this year. And I think his stats are going to be good, but he just doesn't have the pedigree that gives me the confidence that he can sustain that. And if you look right over his shoulder there, you've got that that Jesper Wallstadt guy. He's coming along. He's got something to say about his longevity as the incumbent starting goalie. So, I mean, he's here for a good time, not a long time. So I would have I would have gone another direction for a goalie at that position. It won't look terrible in year one, but we'll see in, in a couple seasons where it goes. Yeah, I think it's definitely hard to to take someone that early when you know the, the walls, the big walls looking over your shoulder. The they didn't draft Minnesota didn't draft Wallstead to ride the pine, and he's looked pretty good so far. The last guy, guys, and then we can Pete off to hockey. Linus Allmark, Wayne's World in my league took him at fifty four. He had an ADP of one hundred. That was a little too early for me, especially with uh, you know I. To me, Boston's going to regress this year. You lo- you lost Bertuzzi, you lost Krejci and Bergeron. I I and you know it, you have Orlov too, and you know you still have Swayman there. What's your thoughts on that guy going that early? 
So I think Boston's going to regress also, like I said earlier, but not as much as I think a lot of people are are penciling them in for. I, I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to be a playoff team, maybe not by, by a mile like they were last year. So I still think he'll get some wins. Now, that, that being said, he's a goalie, and goalies are voodoo, and 54th overall is... Is, is not a I wouldn't have picked any goalie that early so I think it's a reach it's not an egregious reach but it's a reach right Victor back me up here oh yeah definitely you I can't. mean no we, we're contrary on everything this is this now I'm making you say zero g's but not this time because Pete said so <laughs> I mean I'm not someone that's gonna do just because Pete said so even though it's a reasonable reason to do something but no i i actually i really like omark this year because you're getting value you know i got him i was trying to look it up in the couple i can't remember where i got him but it must have been around 13 or 14 it was it was really late and you know if you're getting pretty late value late like omark late i think it's fantastic value because even though they're going to regress i think he's still going to play more than swayman probably and you know he has a lot to prove after stinking it up in the playoffs after even though he had a great great regular season it really did not end well obviously for them and so he's got a lot to prove he's going to want to come out firing and so i think it's possible you could still get pretty decent value for Omar even though you're not going to get the massive volume that you did last season but uh that's yeah I, I wouldn't take him this early but you know i think if you can get him later or you know potentially trade for him you know i think that's reasonable as well okay that that wraps it up for what I have, guys. I mean, that was fun. I mean, we talked way longer than I thought we would. And Pete's going to be late to his game. Yeah, but that's all right. I could come in late and have more energy than everyone else because that's the only way that ever going to happen. So this is a really great chat. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to our, our ADP episode report number 27. And if you're wishful that you would have got into one of the Lister Leagues, keep listening to the show. If we get some some people go AWOL on us, we'll be needing to get some replacement GMs in. Hopefully that doesn't happen and we can just put you on a waiting list for next season and maybe we can add another league or or do some expansion. It sounds like the NHL is going to be doing some expanding soon, so maybe we'll, we'll mirror that. Who knows? For feedback on the show or to chat with us, follow us on Twitter at DPR underscore show, at Farling, at Victor Nuno 12 at Sabarin91 are all our Twitter X handles. Don't forget to follow the Hockey Pod Net and for all the great podcasts on the network there. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, the podcast aggregator of your choice and leave us a five-star review. We got another one today or yesterday. Can't remember, but thank you very much for that. That really helps the show. We appreciate the feedback too. So you can reach us on Twitter. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. And I gotta go keep my stick on the ice. Is that goal regulation size or what? Gee! Let's do that hockey.